no filter. This is Patty. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's Patty. And that's Rowan. <laughs> and I'm back in Brooklyn. Oh, boohoo. Well, we're glad to have you back. I'm here in uh, Connecticut, and unfortunately, we had to do this FaceTime uh, recording once again, just because our schedules have just been so hectic this week. Um, so yeah, here we are, and let's get into it. Cool. Um, so it is still Women's History Month, and I thought it would be really cool. Um, I recently... It's also your holiday. Happy St. Patty's Day. Oh, yes. It is St. Patrick's Day today. <laughs> it is my day. <laughs> it, is, it is your day. It is your day. Sorry. Continue. No, it's fine. I like, your sister was texting me um, yesterday. She's like, are you going to join us tomorrow? And I was like, for what? Like, what are you talking about? She's like, St. Patty's Day. And I like just, it's just not on my radar since I haven't been drinking this month. And I just, mm-hmm. I completely forgot that that was going on. So happy St. Patrick's Day. I hope by the time you guys hear this, it'll have passed. So We'll all probably be hungover, and I hope you had a good time. <laughs> yeah, this will be this will be nice for the hangover. I hope yeah. you guys listen to it. <laughs> Get you back <clears throat> in the game. Um, so, yeah, so it's Women's History Month still, and um, I was browsing the interwebs last night, and uh, Nicole, uh, XO Nicole posted an article um, kind of listing some books that were written um, by some boss-ass bitches about how to be yes. some boss-ass bitches. Yes. And um, I haven't gotten, I actually have not read I any I can't of wait these. for my book to be on that list one day. Let's, let's do <laughs> it, yeah. Um, one of them that's on here I've always wanted to read, and for some reason I just haven't gotten it for myself yet, but um, it's called Girl Boss, and it's by um, Sophia Am- Amorosa, and she's, kind, she's the creator behind Nasty Gal, which is um, a woman's online boutique shopping uh, store. And I love them. They always have really cute stuff, um, the, you know, everything new and trends and everything like that. So um, her book is uh, looks like it's really good. I've read some excerpts and stuff. Um, some other titles that I can list off to people. Um, one of them is called You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting, uh-huh. your, <laughs> How to Stop Doubting your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. And that is by Jen Sincero. Um... Let's see, what else? There's a book called Work 101, Get Your Life Together Guide, which I think could be very helpful for a lot of people, including myself, because I need to get my life together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then there's also some uh, celebrity books. One of them is by Lala Anthony, um, and it's called The Power Playbook, Rules for Independence, Money, and Success. Um, so those are just three titles that are on the list, but if you go on XO Nicole, um, you can find the top 11 that she's listed. And, um, if you just need some motivation, need to figure, you know, new ideas for how to motivate yourself or how to get things done, um, while you're trying to build your empire and, you know, get your entrepreneurship on. So definitely check it out. Um, and you know, maybe it could help you make history, uh, for your own life as a female. Word. So, yeah. That's what's up. Um, speaking of some boss-ass bitches, yes. I actually have a hair appointment today. Well, a follow-up. Um, for those who follow us on social media or whatever, um, uh, you can see that I am now a blondie. A super and blondie. <laughs> super <laughs> blondie. Super this blondie. is the lightest I have ever been in my entire life. And i um, going back today to just do a few touches. But... This would not have been possible without the hair god that is Jenny Robinson. This woman is amazing. First of all, to take someone from a complete brunette, and I don't have virgin hair, like my hair has been processed before or whatever, from a complete brunette to a platinum blonde in one day without causing breakage and damage is amazing. Um, And I just think she's a really dope person. Basically, um... I came on to her through Lindsay. Um, Lindsay. Another dope boss ass bitch. Word that we mention (laughs) all the time. Um, And, you know, she's telling me about this, like, crazy Puerto Rican lady who has a salon out of her apartment in Brooklyn. And basically, Jenny has been in the industry for about 10, 15 years as a colorist. um, And she 
she was working in salons all throughout, you know, the city and stuff, but she has a very strong personality. She is who she is and she doesn't believe in toning it down for certain work situations. So she likes to have a good time. She likes to offer her clients a drink when they come in to like do their hair. She likes to talk about crazy shit. She likes to curse. And she felt that there was no environments or salons that would that, you know, that she could be in and be herself. So a year ago, she decided to turn her um, apartment into a speakeasy hair salon. And the place is amazing. And I can't believe it's only been a year and she's she's killing it. She's always booked. And I didn't know it was only a year. I actually thought it was more than that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Only a year, Um, maybe a year and a half, Mm -hmm. but definitely less than two. And um and yeah, and I, I think it's amazing. I love the idea that it's a speakeasy. Um, you can't you can't just go online and like just book an appointment. You have to kind of be referred by someone, and that so she she gets to pick and choose her clientele, but it's all quality. She knows that whoever's gonna walk through her door has been someone that know someone else, and she's gonna vibe with. Um, and so the other day, she was actually telling me about some stuff that she's trying to work on. Um, last year, she threw her first fundraiser um and she's planning another one this year and basically it's like a clothes exchange so uh she set up a bunch of racks in her place and people would come and bring um different clothes that they wanted to kind of get rid of like almost like a spring cleaning Mm -hmm. um and everyone would set up their clothes and then it would be kind of like a bartering thing so I'd have, you know, I'd have all my clothes set up, someone have theirs, and we just kind of trade, like, oh, I really love that that shirt, and like, oh, I really love those pants, let's trade it off, and then whatever clothes was left over at the end of it, she donated to the Harvey Milk School here in um, the city, and basically, the Harvey Milk School um, is a school that was started in the East Village, and it's designed for, but not limited to, gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender uh, people, or anyone who's kind of questioning their sexuality. Um, and it was named after uh, the San Francisco um, supervisor, Harvey Milk. He was the first openly gay man to be elected into public office in the United States. Um, I don't know if anyone's watched the movie Milk, but that's who it's that basically movie. about. Um, and I, I just thought it was amazing. Like I had no, I, first of all, I had no idea that that school existed in New York. Me neither. I no um, idea. and I just thought it was, it's so important. Basically the clues, the clothes, they just kind of donate. Cause a lot of the kids that come there, um, have left their homes mm-hmm. have, because they aren't accepted by their parents, um, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they just, you know, just kind of make it a little easier for one kids who are in high school and I think we all remember what it's like to you know not have like the the, the newest and latest or Absolutely. whatever it may be with clothes like so one trying to fit into trends and then trying to fit into your sexuality in a yeah, world that you know skin. might not accept you so I just thought it was beautiful and I can't wait to like help her and get involved and we'll definitely cover it on the reform site and it can be one of like our next projects that we, you know, take on as the reform. Yeah, definitely. And I thought it fit our identity really well. So really exciting stuff with that. Um, That's awesome. Oh, so yeah. And um, I mean, speaking about, you know, the, the gay community, the LBGTQ community, Um, recently, if anybody's familiar with the, um, organization, or I'm not really sure what they call themselves, business or channel online vice, um, they recently launched their network, which, um, they've actually been working on for a while. So it's called Viceland. Um, it's a different channel on everybody's, uh, TV, whatever, you know, uh, provider you have. But basically, um, Vice is an amazing, um, group. They report news they're kind of a news channel they have other shows too um but their biggest thing is on hbo they have a show called vice and it's just real news that's happening around the world and things that people should actually care about as opposed to what you see on nbc and fox news and all this other bullshit that i mean yeah it sucks there's always bad things around the world but it's not it's it's it doesn't it's not as it's not as major. It doesn't affect the entire world on that level as the stuff that like Vice is, is reporting on. So basically they launched Viceland 
They have, um, I think they only have three shows on there right now. They literally launched it last week. One oh, of, I can't wait for us to pitch our show. Yeah. Like, I feel like <laughs> we belong on a network like that. Yeah, absolutely. They're so awesome. Um, and so one of the shows um, is called Gaycation, and it's with Ellen Page, who um, most people know her from, um, oh, fuck, what's that movie? I can't remember it right now, but she was pregnant. They're in high school. Uh, it's like kind of like an indie movie. Do you know what I'm talking about? Juno. Juno. Thank you. Yes. Wow. I'm never good at that. I know. You're never good at that. I'm so happy you just came through. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So yeah, so, um, she's, she's mostly known as Juno from that movie. Um, but she came out, uh, fairly recently, I believe, um, to the world as a lesbian woman. And so it's her. Yeah, and it's her and her friend Ian, who's a gay man, and they kind Uh of are traveling around to different countries and exploring the um, LGBT communities in these countries, whether they have one or they don't have one, um, and the complexities in each country about how people feel towards gay people or homosexuality. Um, So the three countries that they've been to so far are Japan, Brazil, and Jamaica, so Japan uh-huh. was the first episode, and that one um, was pretty cool. I actually want to go to Japan now after watching this. They I've have... been always wanting to go to Japan. <laughs> I mean, I've always wanted it. to go, but, like, this show, I was just like, whoa, this is so cool. Um, uh-huh. They basically have, like, a little area, kind of like a Chinatown or a little Italy, like, radius blockage or whatever, but it's all, like, gay or lesbian bars or just, like, homosexual places that they can come and be free uh-huh. in and, like, visit and stuff like that. And awesome. um, they they cater a lot to the transgender community as well. And then um, they interviewed this one guy in Japan, and he's, like, famous in Japan for his um, blowjobs. And he even got a deal with, like, a toy... Um, maker or whatever and they like remade his mouth because he like what? has like a famous throat for like deep throating and stuff yeah it was nuts <laughs> that's fucking crazy shout out to him though <laughs> yeah it was really the cool super, the new superhead. yeah so i mean <laughs> japan um they they in the last few years have moved forward and have like a lot of new laws and stuff allowing gay marriages and things like that. Obviously there's still people who are against it just like everywhere else in the world, but mm-hmm. they're, you know, one of the up and coming countries that are kind of like opening up their, their, um, laws and, and just acceptance. Um, so the next episode was Brazil. That was probably the most intense episode. Um, and mainly because it's so complex there and so interesting how, the gay population is humongous in Brazil, and people know that it's there and it's happening, but you can't directly one-on-one tell people that you're gay, because then that's when, like, the violence and the harassment and, like, the negative things start. So, but like, it, a don't ask, don't tell type kind, of situation. Yeah, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. But one part that really stood out to me, and actually I was, like, on the verge of tears, because I just, like, could not believe that a human being could mm-hmm. just be so, like, negative and have so much hate and, like, just just uh-huh. be so angry towards people that have nothing to do with him. Um, yeah. It's just, like, it's that's just the, mind-blowing. That's what it always comes down to. Like, this doesn't affect you. Mind your fucking business. It's just so crazy. So they did this Live interview. Live your life. Yeah, they in, did this interview with this guy. And, of course, he's a coward, so they had to change his voice. They couldn't show his face uh-huh. and, like, uh-huh. all that stuff. But they were basically... Um, interviewing him because he is openly known as an ex-cop in Brazil and um so he's not a cop anymore but he he kind of does like private contracting and Uh basically kills people like it's hired to kill people and like is openly discussing this on national television although I don't think he realized that it's national television um so he, they were just asking him questions, you know, and, and Ellen and her friend Ian were basically like, you know, we've heard that you've killed many gay people and like you'll even just, if somebody crosses you and does something that makes you feel like they're gay, like you will physically harm them. And he, and he has no idea that they were gay. 
Well, afterwards, at the end, they asked their production team, like, is it okay, is it safe for us to say that we're gay right now? Oh, oh yeah. okay. So they asked him all this, and then they were asking him, like, well, how do you, like, what makes you think that somebody is gay? And he's like, just the way they act, the way they talk, the way they move, like, things uh-huh, like that. Uh-huh. And um, he's e- he even said, he's like, you know, I saw somebody walking down the street that was gay, and I ran them over with my car. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy. It is so crazy. Like, I don't even know what words to use to, like, describe it. It's just crazy. Everybody should watch it. I mean, I think it's a very educational, it's super intense, um, but I think it's something that everybody needs to watch and to understand. Um, Yeah, so then they asked the production team, you know, like, I want to say that I'm gay. Like, do you think it's safe? And they did, and he kind of just, like, you know, right now we're not going to discuss that, but basically saying if I ever crossed you in the street without the cameras here, like, you would be dead. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like, I'm laughing right now. It's obviously not funny, but that's, like, no, a yeah. ridiculous laugh. Wow. But, yeah, so that one was really, really, really um, intense. And then the last one was Jamaica. Uh-huh. And um, I've been to Jamaica before. You've been to Jamaica before. Uh-huh. And um, I never really thought about Jamaica as being um, so close-minded and kind of, like, not open to homosexuality. I don't know why. I just never thought about it. But yeah. they are not into it, like, uh-uh. at all. <laughs> no. And um, it's really sad. And people who travel to Jamaica, um, so the episode shows, like, a group that does, like, tours and stuff specifically catered towards gay people. But there's nowhere that gay people can go openly, bars or clubs or, or restaurants or anything like that. So they kind of will take you off to, like, an excluded beach and things like that where you can be openly gay and free. And, like, that's where you have to vacation. But in a sense, that's not really a vacation because you have to be excluded from everything else in the country to be able to hold your partner's hand or just, like, you know, walk with them down the street or, you know, be affectionate towards them. So that was really interesting. And they... They don't even eat pussy. They don't. They don't don't (laughs) believe in eating pussy. Well, hold on. I, I'm being so serious, though. Hold on. Let's I just was... pause that for two minutes. Let me just because okay. I'm interested in what you're saying because I've never heard okay. that before. Okay. But um, <laughs> yeah. So the episode also goes into like dance hall music and all that stuff and how there's been a lot of moves legally to kind of shut down dance hall music because a lot of their lyrics are like anti-gay. And really violent towards the gay community. Sorry. Um, they did an interview with Beanie Man, which was very interesting. Very, uh-huh. very interesting. So, overall, like, I just think it's very informative and educational. And it really just opens your eyes to the rest of the world and what's going on there in terms of um, the LGBT community. And at the end of the day, I just feel like if it doesn't affect you directly, like, you should not give a fuck. So, I just feel like, let people be. Like, let... <laughs> It doesn't matter. Who cares? Who, who cares? Exactly. I just, there's it's no, so other, simple, there's no other way to say it. It's so it's freaking really simple. It's really so simple. If it doesn't affect you directly, why do you fucking care? So. Because people want to feel like they're important. That's really what it is. Like, why else? Why else do you have to know, voice such a hateful opinion? But how does hating somebody opinion? else make you feel important for the person that they want to hold hands with? Like, it makes you feel powerful. Like, it's like, it's a power trip. Like, that you matter more than this person or that you, like, it's just, just fucking insane. ridiculous. At the end of the day, the gays are what's going to help this planet because we have, like, overpopulation issues and it's Seriously. only getting worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like... Yes, please. Stop creating fucking more people. Yeah, and just the fact that a lot of them are discriminated against or can't adopt kids and things like that. So, like, you'd rather have kids out in the streets starving and dying and in danger than have, like, two men or two women adopt them and give them a home and an education and a life. Like, it's just so fucked up. So, anyways, yeah, go watch it. Viceland Gaycation. It's a good one. And don't date Jamaicans. Yeah, so let's get back to that. What <laughs> does that even mean? Look, I, when I was in Jamaica, <laughs> I went to Jamaica for, and maybe because, maybe, okay, now that I don't think about it, maybe that's why. Um, I went to Jamaica for a mission trip. So I was there for a week, like, 
um, tutoring kids, getting them ready for this big, like, uh, test that they had to take, um, and just, like, doing other, you know, community service things. And one of the guys that was there, now, we were there on, like, a church, um, church grounds, Mm -hmm. pretty much, so maybe it was because he's, he was religious, but no, because they, he definitely had sex, like, he was talking about that stuff, but he was saying, there, I don't know how it came up, I think it was, it was Lil Wayne's lollipop song or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then we were talking about all that, and then I think he started talking about giving head, and he was saying how, basically, like, Jamaicans do not believe in eating pussy. Hmm. Now we're talking about Jamaicans from Jamaica, we're not right? About no, America, definitely, because there's definitely exceptions in this world. Of course, <laughs> of course, and that, I'm sure there's Jamaicans in Jamaica who do, who don't care, who are fine with it. But from what he was saying, and he was leading me to believe, was that they are not into it. They think it's re- it's like a repulsive thing to do, um, and that they Lil Wayne is like disgusting because he's always talking about it. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, well, I'm through. <laughs> I'm through. Get me out of this country. <laughs> Get me out of here. Um, all right. So I guess I can talk about some interesting things that I watched this past week. Okay. I kind of showed a little bit of snippets on it on my, on my Snapchat. And I didn't think so many people would be interested in knowing what it was that I was watching, but mm-hmm. a lot of people wanted to know. So one of the first documentaries I watched was Cowspiracy. Um, and I have heard about the documentary for a long time. And um, basically, two years ago, I stopped eating meat. I became a pescatarian, so I stopped eating chicken and red meat. I stopped eating pork maybe five, six years ago. So I'm kind of like baby stepping into this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a pescatarian for two years, and you know when I tell people that, they're like, "Have you seen Cowspiracy?" And this whole time, I'm like, "No, like I've stayed away from it because." For whatever reason, I thought it was going to be like one of those gory yeah. kind of documentaries, which was one of the first ones I watched that led me to become a pescatarian. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm already here. Like, I really don't need to see that kind of stuff anymore. Like, I don't really need to be convinced of anything. So I just never watched it. Right. Um, then as I, as I just learned more about it and um, I saw that Leo Nardo DiCaprio was an exec- executive producer on it. Oh, I um, know that. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the producers on it, and um, Leo's very big environmentalist, and that's what he's always been pushing, and that's basically what Cowspiracy is about. Mm -hmm. So it's not a film that's trying to show you how gross it is and the slaughter of animals and how it's so inhumane. Like, that's not what they're really pushing. What they're really trying to show you is the environmental issues that mass agriculture Mm -hmm. of animals is causing to this planet okay and it's outstanding Mm -hmm. it's fucking crazy um and i mean it's all stuff that like i pretty much knew and believed and stuff but to just see it in numbers it like i can just rattle off a few different facts that they talked about Mm -hmm. in the film animal agriculture is responsible for 18 percent of greenhouse gas emissions that's more than the combined exhaust from all transportation on this planet wow just from animal agriculture animals um livestock livestock and their byproducts account for at least 32,000 million tons of carbon dioxide per year for 51 percent of all worldwide green gas greenhouse gas that's insane it's just it's fucking nuts um what else um Converting to wind and solar power will take 20-plus years and roughly $43 trillion. $43 trillion. Do you know how much it's going to cost to live a vegan lifestyle and stop eating meat? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. And that's really the problem. That's really what the problem is with the agriculture and the meat industry is that it's a it's an industry and it's a business and that's what they're trying to show is the meat and dairy world it's all for profit Mm -hmm. and we're profiting off of one fucking a really inhumane way to live Mm -hmm. it's really just it's it's so cruel it's so fucked up and then there's so much more to it too it's not just about the animals and how they're and how they're being treated we use 
70 to 140 billion gallons of water annually just to raise livestock. Oh, yeah. Water is an then, issue. And then to kill them, mm-hmm. to eat them. Water. Yeah. Water. And people are like, oh, our, our planet is 70% water. Y'all are bugging because this shit is, this is, shit is quickly, like. Vice, actually, their latest episode last week, one of the topics they covered is how we are running out of water and how. Yes. California is, like, one of the top providers of um, produce and stuff, and they cannot grow anything. Like, in 10 years, we're not going to have anything to eat. Like, there's no more water. <laughs> California is in a drought. Californians use 1,500 gallons of water per person per day yeah and close to half of that is associated with meat and dairy products yeah we're running out man three quarters of the world's fisheries are exploited or depleted Mm -hmm. we could see fishless oceans by 2048 that's our lifetime because i plan to be alive in 2048 like i'm only you know i'm only gonna be what 59 59 years old in 2048 yeah definitely there's a, a, it's just crazy. $414 billion in externalized costs from animal agriculture. <laughs> the world's population in 1812 was 1 billion. The world's population in 1912 was 1. 1.5 billion. In a hundred years, in like a little over a hundred years, we're at 7 billion people on this planet. 1.5 billion to 7 billion I in mean, yeah, China knew what was up a while ago <laughs> with population control. They did it the wrong way, but <laughs> they knew that we were getting overcrowded. <laughs> and they're the main ones that are overcrowded in the first place. <laughs> like, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. And what's really crazy is, like, if you watch the documentary, it's done very, very well. And mm-hmm. they go around and they talk to all these different environmentalists, like, um, companies, people that are trying to, like, push you to save water. Like, maybe don't use so much water in the shower. Maybe do this. Maybe do that. Turn off the lights for electricity. Do all this stuff. And nobody's really focusing on agriculture. Nobody's really focusing on this big elephant in the room like nobody wants to talk about it because everybody knows it's just you don't go there everyone is trying to avoid it in the documentary nobody wants to talk about it because it's such a touchy subject for people to hear that they have to change their lifestyle so drastically yeah nobody wants to hear it and it's like everybody knows it Mm -hmm. everybody knows it but nobody wants to admit it nobody wants to really like admit it to themselves and that's what's so crazy it's like when you are aware of something ignoring it that's ignorance that is ignorance you know like you everyone knows what needs to be changed what needs to be done and and nobody's doing it and it's a lot of course easier said than done of course i'm still you know getting there i'm not sitting here saying like i'm 100 percent vegan like this is whatever but like i'm really 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 trying like i'm making the most conscious effort i can and doing as much as i can and that's all anyone can really do mm-hmm. and um like I like to say I'm a flexitarian because yeah, that's what <laughs> I'm I a little bit flexible <laughs> right now you know like every now and then I still do kind of eat fish sometimes dairy I've pretty much given up on I really don't eat it um but I'm I'm at the point like I don't know I have, I don't think I've even fi- eaten fish in like a week or two like sometimes I just forget like I just think it's smart it's smart for our planet and um Living a vegan lifestyle will really help this planet and it'll help humanity. Like everyone needs to watch this documentary and everyone needs to, there's just such a brainwashing thing that goes on when people think you have to eat meat to get protein. Yeah. There's so many plant-based ways to get protein. I don't know, man. 82% of starving children live in countries where food is fed to animals and the animals are being are eaten by Western countries. There is absolutely no reason why there should be any hunger in this fucking world. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a whole different story, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's all the same story. No, I know. I'm just saying that's like a whole nother discussion. It's like world hunger is ridiculous. 
and it all just comes down to consumerism and it all, all comes down to this western living lifestyle and it all comes down to power and money and that's what is driving the meat industry that is driving that's what drives this world and it's so sad it's so upsetting mm-hmm. now going on um i also watched another documentary these are all on netflix you guys can find them called zeitgeist um zeitgeist is a little bit of a trickier one a lot of the things have kind of been I guess you can say debunked, but really, it's pretty much just common sense. I don't know how anyone can think that it's not true. Yeah. Pretty much to an extent. So the film is broken down into three parts. The first part is about uh, religion, basically, mm-hmm. and like um, how religions have formed throughout the years, and really the how they've really derived through from the universe and astrological things mm-hmm. um which is you know what i believe anyway and just to see it explained was really crazy the second part is basically about 9-11 and the conspiracy behind that and how it is believed that the u.s government was definitely a part of it mm-hmm. and then the third part is about um the central banking and how um how we are basically just being controlled and money is a huge controlling factor in the world and how um it is believed that there are going to be some higher powers who are going to try to create one central banking system Mm -hmm. um so it's very very interesting but i thought what was um one of the biggest interesting parts about it was their theory about um ages and and how um the years are broken down into different ages. And right now we're in the age of Pisces. Mm -hmm. Um, In 2050, it'll be the age of Aquarius. And (laughs) the water bearer. How ironic. (laughs) Because we are reaching some water shortages on this planet. Hmm, Coincidence? I think not. But um, 2050 is in our lifetime, people. I'm going to be 61 years old in 2050. And I, I... surely plan on being on this planet but it is very scary to think that um in 2050 there will be a war about resources and shortages of resources and if you look into it and just even google predictions for 2050 it's crazy that i'm even reading an article and only at the end of it do they talk about like resources and how there might not be enough food for everyone yeah. but no one still wants to talk about that is because we're create. We just we keep trying to feed animals just to kill them to feed people who only have money. Um, so everything just kind of ties into each other, um, and what it comes down to is we all just need to start living a little more consciously. Definitely. Everyone keeps trying to talk about like, you know what what to do to fix the things that are already here, but there's the. The only way you can do anything to help anything is through preventative action. Yeah. There's so many things we can prevent, and we know how we can prevent them, And but nobody wants to do it. Everyone wants just to look back and be like, oh, there's a problem right there. Oh, here are the solutions to that problem. All right, how about the problems that are going to arise that yeah. if, if we don't do anything about it right now? Yeah. I mean, that's the same thing. It all ties in just with health, with you know, the world and food shortages and water shortages, like, everything is preventative care. Like, if you have preventative care, you're not going to get to this bigger issue and you're not going to run out of resources, you're not going to run out of money to fix the problem. Like, preventative care is the key, you know, and to bring it back to Vice, they had a documentary on preventative care for cancer and how Uh there's a conspiracy about how they're not releasing all these things and preventative measures that they have and medicines and things like that because they won't make as much money as they will yes. of people actually getting diagnosed with cancer and having to get treatment and having to go to chemo and take the medicines and radiation and surgeries. Like, the healthcare system will not make as much money through preventative care as they will through people who are actually sick. So, I mean, yeah, it's preventative care is the key, man. Major keys. <laughs> yeah, major keys is stop being so fucking greedy, people. That's the major key. Yeah. Definitely. Word. When the power of love overthrows the love of power, that is when the world will know fucking peace. Everyone needs to get off their fucking power trips. Everyone needs to realize that you're going to fucking die one day, and it doesn't really matter how much money you have. 
It doesn't fucking matter. You're not taking it with you. How about we create a planet that we can still survive on? Yeah, your kids can survive in. Your grandkids can survive in. Um, That I feel confident in bringing children into this world. Like your pets can survive in for the people who value pets over children. Like, (laughs) and no, even that, like people who value pets over children. What drives me crazy is like animal lovers. Oh, okay. You love your dog over the cow you're eating right now? Yeah. Like, I don't get that either. It's mm. just like, it's just, I just feel like I'm sorry. And I don't, I'm not one that preaches. You won't find me like on social networks being like, whatever, veganism, blah, blah. I don't like to preach about it because at the end of the day, you can't force just, your lifestyle on other people. Right. You know? And it's almost like a new religion. Like, even when I'm at a restaurant, I order things and people, like, I was out and I was ordering food and people that I was with picked up on the fact that I ordered stuff without dairy, without meat. Right. So they asked me and I just, they asked me. Yeah. <laughs> so I told them, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm living a vegan lifestyle. I'm trying as, you know, as much as I can or whatever, um, whatever. And then they started asking me why. Mm-hmm. So then I tell them why. But all they wanted to do was argue. All they wanted to do was tell me, like, you know, how strongly they felt about how wrong it was. To not like, eat meat? Or to eat, to not to eat, eat meat? meat. How, how, like, basically ridiculous it is to be a vegan. Yeah. Why are you asking me? Yeah. Like, I didn't take it upon my, like, I'm not the one that's like, hey, I'm in the vegan in the room and I don't agree with what you're doing. Like, you could eat a steak in front of me. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm not going to tell you how wrong it is, how I feel like you shouldn't be eating it. Like, that's just not me. But I don't understand people who ask you questions just to argue. Yeah. Like, let me live. Yeah. You know, you don't want to eat that way. That's fine. I'm not here trying to force you. But if it you ask me a question. It goes back to the question, why do you care if it doesn't? <laughs> Like, but it does affect I mean, you. it does At affect you, but day, I just, does I mean, it does, but I'm just saying like, don't ask a question and hear the answer and like get angry about it when right. it's not your body. Like you're not the one not in taking the meat. Like, why do you care that strongly to argue about it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. And it's like, don't, don't, if you're genuinely concerned, if you're interested in hearing like my side of it and you want to just hear it and take it in great, I will be happy to share it. But mm-hmm. don't ask me if you just want to attack my beliefs on yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. Like, cause no. Just go watch Cowspiracy and shut the fuck up. Word. So, check those out. Cowspiracy and Zeitgeist on Netflix. And check out Viceland. You can log in online, viceland.com, and watch it. Or if you can watch it on your television, I think they have an app probably. You could watch it anywhere. That's what the great thing about it, that you can access it anywhere. Um, so, yeah, check those out. They'll, they'll definitely be informative and cool. And maybe just give you a new new outlook or maybe just something to think about, you know? Word. Um, you mentioned about the thing that you watched about pre- preventative care when it comes to, like, cancer mm-hmm. and stuff. How about we talk about your bomb-ass photo shoot? <laughs> um, we can. Or we can save it for next week and do the question. Or we could do the photo shoot and not the question. All right. I guess we won't talk about the photo shoot. <laughs> let's just go to the question. Okay, we could do that. I feel like we can talk about both really quickly. Um, okay. All right. Um, yeah. So, we like we mentioned last week, we're working on a coffee table book for female cancer survivors. Have you gotten any um, emails or anything by any chance? I have not, actually. Oh. I have okay. not. Yeah. Well, it's okay. Um, they'll, they'll wish they were part of it. We'll get a million fucking emails about it. It's cool. Yeah. People don't believe you until you put it out there. <laughs> so, yeah, I did. Um, we did a test shoot before we start shooting the actual girls um, that will be in the book. Um, just, you know, testing out lighting, different looks, things like that. Um, so we were in Brooklyn and our friend Lainey, um, who's a phenomenal photographer, she's just so creative and artistic and, and just really has an eye behind the camera. Um, so she shot it and a lot of it is, um, implied nudity or in like, um, nude, you know, underwear and bra and things like that. So I'm not a model. Um, I've never tried to be, I've never... Girl, why the <laughs> fuck you lie? Why you always No, lying? I'm serious. Like, I got no, a model... Killed you killed it, though. And I've, and I've lately been thinking about, like, maybe I should do, like, a couple photo shoots, like, just to get myself comfortable, not only for this book thing, but also, like, we've talked about doing some stuff just to have content for the podcast, 
uh-huh. and things like that. And just to get myself more comfortable in front, like in front of people and in front of the camera and things like that. So this is definitely a good first step and a good opportunity. And, um, I definitely was a little nervous at first. Um, I definitely got a lot more comfortable as the time went on, but I feel like a lot of it was the people that were in the room, which was obviously you. My cousin Gabby was there. She did my makeup and then Lainey, the photographer. And um, I think that that was like a major part of me being so comfortable and being fully nude and taking these pictures and stuff like that. And just that the eye of the photographer really makes a difference also. And, Uh um, yeah, like, I felt, I felt really good about it, and it's Uh definitely, like, a good feeling to have, um, so I think that, I mean, if you get a chance, even if it's just for yourself, you should go and, Uh like, find someone to do a photo shoot for you, to take your picture, and, like, you know, do your makeup, get dressed up, or don't get dressed up, be naked, and, um, it was definitely, like, a little confident booster, and, um, (laughs) Yeah, I felt really good about it, and I enjoyed it. The pictures were fucking beautiful, and I 100% agree. I've said it all the time. Like, how long? You're not going to look like this in 30 years. Like, it would be beautiful to have these, just to have, you know, for yourself. And, yeah, everyone should go out there, get naked, take pictures, and just, like... Yeah, you should do it. Even if you're not gonna post them anywhere, if you're not you could if you're not gonna give them to anybody, whatever, just to have for yourself, like I would definitely suggest like trying to set up like a photo shoot um of any uh what's the word? Like scenery or topic or whatever genre and just like get out there and have some fun. Um Uh so I'm really excited to do the actual photo shoot and meet all the other girls and um, basically we mostly did it also to give them a reference for what we wanted to do and the looks we wanted to get. So hopefully yeah. when they see this, they'll be more comfortable with the idea of the implied nudity and things like that. Mm-hmm. So really, And I really specifically excited. I specifically wanted a female photographer for Yeah, that definitely. Because, that definitely made a difference, obviously. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, the girls aren't quote unquote models yeah. and um even like for even listen, modeling is um it's not like this just comfortable thing for anyone like I do photo shoots all the time but I always tell the photographers especially new ones that I work with I tell them listen our last shots of the day are going to be our best ones because it's going to take me a little while for me to warm warm up up to you you know and get comfortable in front of you um and it's always like that it's basically like warming up for a workout like you just have to kind of get there and get in the motions of it and once you do then that's when like the magic starts happening um so yeah, like your last shots of the day were fucking amazing, and yeah. I already knew that's what was gonna happen because it it just takes a little bit, a little bit of time to get there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited for the girls. Yeah. I think they're gonna have some amazing, you know, yeah, amazing shots. And it shots. was really hard. Like, <laughs> I was really tired driving home. Like, I had to drive home from Brooklyn to make it to work on time in Connecticut at six. And, like, I was, like, I, like, could not stop yawning. I was so exhausted. And, like, my body was so sore. It is not as easy as it looks. A lot Thank of those, you. <laughs> a lot of those poses, like, they look effortless and, like, oh, my gosh, she's so toned and so this, da-da-da. But it's, like, you got to, like, hold that pose and, like, strain your muscles to, like, get into different positions and things like that. So, I mean, I definitely didn't expect that, but I was like, damn, I'm so tired. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I'm not yeah. trying to go to work right now. I, like, chugged a Red Bull before I walked into the bar. <laughs> but, yeah, man. Yeah, it was really dope. I'm excited about the next one, and yeah. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, you killed it. I loved it. I'm very Yay. happy with it. And I, I, I think wait. I decided that I'm going to, like, take, like, three of them and blow them up and make them, like, my um, bed wall thing in my new room. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You should totally do that. I think, that's <laughs> a, I think that is a great idea. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. A little vain, but I think it'll be cool. No, it's not. <laughs> Well, you can do like you can do them without your face in it, like really close. Oh, close shots ups! Of, yeah, that'll be cool. Of, like certain parts mm-hmm. of you, which is what is going to be in the book yeah, too. Yeah, like yeah. not, it's not going to be everyone's face in every single right, picture. Right. It's going to be a lot of, um, you know, specifics and parts of you that's just like really beautiful. Um, oh my gosh, this is going to be a New York Times bestseller, people. <laughs> well, that's Word. the goal, you know. I'm just, I'm over, I'm always overly confident, but Word. you know. All right. Um, cool. So, shall we end this 
episode with a question? Um, yeah, we can, really quick. <laughs> okay, um... Sorry, guys, I have an appointment with my trainer at the gym for my spring cleansing month, <laughs> and so I'm on a time crunch. Getting that ass right for these photo shoots? Exactly, yeah, every time they would say something at the photo shoot, I'd be like, thanks, I've been working out. Like, oh, your hair looks so good. I'd be like, oh, I've been working out. <laughs> your hair. <laughs> All right, so what was the question? Um, so basically, we were just... Uh, not so much like a question question but we were having a conversation and I was just saying how um just last week I was just having like not a good week just a lot of things were going on um personally financially um I was just tired physically and so it kind of just came up like we've been doing a lot of relationship stuff and so I thought it would be kind of cool to just talk about like how we get through a bad day um, mm -hmm. Or a bad week, which in my mm -hmm. case was a bad week. And um, without putting all of my business out there, I was just drained. I was just really exhausted. Like, I, I, and I just, not necessarily bad. Like, I wasn't in, like, a depressing state. But I was just like, ugh. Like, I just was sleeping a lot or trying yeah. to sleep a lot. Not that I have a lot of time to sleep. But, and just, like, just not excited about, like, getting up and, like, doing things like I usually am. I'm usually up at the crap, like, at 7 a.m. And, like, I'm I can't cooking. wait for that energy to transfer on to me yeah, in California. Yeah, you need it, um, I need it so bad. <laughs> I'm getting better. I swear I'm getting better. Yeah. Um, oh, whatever. <laughs> so, you know, I just didn't have that last week. And I was just trying to figure out, like, how, how to get it back. And, like, one thing that really gets me going and trying, and, like, I try to change my mood um, from one moment to the next if I have to do it quickly, um, is music. So music is, like, a key part of my, like, mood. Stop shuffling around. Sorry. Mood enhancer. And um, just anything. Nothing specific. But, like, I'll always go on and just, like, search for new playlists or new music or things like that. I try not to listen to, like, uh, low mood stuff. Not necessarily, like, negative stuff, but just, like, really chill vibes and, like, you know, upbeat and things like that. And, um, another thing I try to do, which for some people may seem like sweeping it under the rug, whatever issues you have, um, if I feel like I can't have like a breakthrough conversation about it, I'll kind of just like try to change the topic and like move on and try to like figure out something positive that we could talk about or go do. Um, so I was having like a personal issue with somebody and instead of just like sitting in a room and like trying to talk it out. We went out, we went for, like, a hike and, like, a picnic and stuff and, like, just change yeah. the scenery, be outside, like, do something that we both love to do. And then that way it kind of, like, works itself out because you're both in more of, like, a comfortable setting and just relax and things like that. And then, you know, uh, when we went out for Lindsay's birthday, like, that was something that I was, like, super looking forward to because I was, like, I just need to dance all this bad juju out. Like, yeah. <laughs> so whether it's, like, going out and doing it with friends or, like, in my room, like, I'll just, like, pump up the music and just, like, start dancing <clears throat> or, like, put makeup on, things like that. So those little things, music, dancing, makeup, and scenery are, like, my four things that I really just try to, like, get together to, like, alter my mood in a more positive way. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's pretty much, I think I do all that, too. I think I, I think the way I think I deal with things is one of two ways and they're they're totally opposite so either I give myself a lot of me time where I mm -hmm. just I'll go I'll go out like and go grab some food by myself yeah. or I'll just you know be by myself and kind of take it in or like it's almost like meditative yeah. for me or like work out like working out really helps like oh yeah that's a good one. And releasing all of that stress like you know channeling that energy mm -hmm. into something more positive I think that's what's so important is anytime you have negative energy as we said before energy is never neither lost created or created or it's just yeah. it's it's just transformed mm -hmm. so take that negative energy and transform it into something positive. So yeah. with you, it's like dancing, you know, like yeah. you're taking that energy, but it's turning into something more fun and relaxing and, and whatever uplifting. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, like my biggest form of therapy, um, and I think that's like even the point with this, with this podcast and what I think is extremely, extremely important, like talk to people, Yeah. you know, um, I, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say that I think I'm a very a very mentally healthy and emotionally healthy person because mm -hmm. ever since I was younger 
um my sister was like my best friend she was basically my therapist like Mm -hmm. she even says like bro you shared some shit with me when we were younger that like you shouldn't have told your younger sister but (laughs) at the end of the day I just feel like well whatever there's nothing to hide this is someone I trust and I've just always been that way I've always been very open and I've always shared whatever I feel or whatever I'm thinking with whoever is like I feel like I can trust who's around me um and I think it's very, very important to have that and I and um it's therapy. Instead of going and paying someone to listen to ever to listen to oh, all your issues, it's hour. just like right. It, um, and they're okay. Yeah, maybe they're a professional or whatever. But really, it all it comes down to is just releasing it and yeah. just putting it out there and talking about it and 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 just getting it out there. And I just think when you internalize a lot of things, you take it on physically, mentally, emotionally, and it affects your health and it affects your mood. And I just always think it's and I it's just so important just to talk to people. I love to just talk to people and I love to be like a listening ear and just like hear what people have to say, what they feel. And even, and I'm not saying stressing, like giving your advice or your judgment or, you know, telling people like how they should move or how they should do things. It's just like, just listen, Yeah. just listen, like be that ear for somebody and let them get it out. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, a lot of people already know what they need to do. They just have to say Um, it out loud. They just have to say it out loud. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think, I think talking is, is is very important. Talk to talk to people. Talk to yourself. Like I honestly, people are gonna think I'm crazy. I I literally self coach myself sometimes. Yeah. Like I'll stand in front of the mirror or I'll be in the shower and I will literally talk out loud and be like, "You have to do this. You have to change this. Like Rowan, you gotta do this. You gotta yeah. do that." And like I, just, I talk to myself. Like you're your own best coach sometimes. Yeah. You know. Awesome. So yeah. Cool. Well. I like those. Those are good ones. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll help anybody who's listening. And if you guys have anything that you want to share, how you guys get through bad days, I'm definitely always open to trying new things. So, like, tweet us. And Or uh, if you're having a bad day, shoot us an email, guys. Yeah. Like, that's what we're here for. We, I, let's just help each other. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Cool. Let's help each other. So all right, go uh, go do those squats, bitch. Work that ass up. Yeah, I like fatties. I'm like fatties. <laughs> You're ridiculous. I don't even like working out with a trainer, but it came as part of the package, so I'm just gonna go and see what's up. But I really just like doing my own thing, you know. I mean, you could always learn something new, of course, but whatever. We'll see how it goes. I love trainers. I love trainers. Yeah. I think they're very good. Important. Cool. Is this your first session? Yeah. I mean, I've worked right, with her before in, like, smaller setting classes. Um, like these oh, it's camp- a girl? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's cool. That's so, cool. I'll let everybody right. know how it goes next week. And, yeah, so do we have any parting words? Nope, Anything that's it. Coming? All right. That's it. Cool, <laughs> we'll take care, everyone. See Bye, you guys. Love you. Have week. a beautiful day. Yep, enjoy your hangover day, and (laughs) we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.